Our second scripture lesson this day comes from the Gospel of John. We've been paying attention to how it is that Jesus moved through the world between his resurrection and his ascension. This coming Thursday, we will remember together the ascension of Christ. This passage, though, takes us back a little bit further in the story to the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles, which are back in the pews or uh, on your phone um, or on the screen. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands, so that you may love one another. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. So we go back a bit in the Gospel of John to these words of preparation. What strikes me is the tenderness of the beginning of this passage. As my Father has loved me, so I have loved you. And then this invitation to simply abide in the love of Christ. And then Jesus goes on to unpack what that actually looks like. What does it look like to rest and abide in the love of the Most High? If you keep my commandments, Jesus says, then you abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in God's love. Then there is this turn that happens. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, Well, what might that look like, Jesus? No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, people will say, and rightly so, that Jesus in this passage of the Gospel of John is foreshadowing the death that he will experience, the salvific work that will be done on the cross, and that is true. But it is not simply a foreshadowing. I believe it is also a lesson for the people who are hearing this word from God. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus seems to be saying there is a way of moving through the world that is binding us closer to God. And that way is marked by one's fidelity to keeping the commandments of God and specifically to loving each other as Christ has loved them. But love exemplar for Jesus is that one would lay down one's life for one's friends. 
And it seems to me that there is deep wisdom in this, both for each of us as we gather this day, but also for the church of Jesus Christ, for this body of believers that we are bound to, that claims to be following in the ways of Christ. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And it strikes me that there is wisdom in us wrestling with what it might look like for each of us then to lay down our lives for our friends, not in the same way that Jesus did, no, but perhaps more subtle ways, perhaps more daily ways, perhaps ways that, that take us deeper into our own journey. It strikes me that if we want to be more loving partners, more loving friends, more loving parents or children, more loving advocates and allies, then there are some ways in which we have been doing those things, being a partner, a friend, a parent, a child, an ally, or an advocate. There are some ways that we have been doing that. If we want to be brand new, then some of the old ways must die. We often get it wrong. We often imagine that if we are to be, let's say, a better partner or a friend, there will be a change that will be necessary in the one that we partner with or that we befriend. But Jesus says, you are my friends if you keep the commandments. You love one another and you are my friends if you are willing to lay down your life for your friend. If you're willing to let something change within you, that you might be more loving and caring we often get it wrong because we get, put the onus of change on the other. But Jesus, like Paul will later say, Jesus acknowledges that we cannot be new creations in our lives unless we are willing to loose the bonds of the old life. There are countless examples of this gospel truth in our living the reality that, that a part of us and the way we move through the world has to pass away so that something brand new can be birthed. I have a good friend who is celebrating 30 years of sobriety. Five years ago, I was sitting across the table from her and she was telling me stories about her previous life. And I looked at her and I said, I, I just can't believe it. You're telling me that for 15 years of your life, it, it looked completely different. And she put her, at that point, 25-year token on the table. And she said, you would not have recognized me. But the way that I was moving through the world had to pass away so that this new me could be birthed. This truer, more loving, more kind, more authentic, more honest version of myself could not be birthed until... That previous me stepped to the side, was laid down, had the joy of hiking through Israel about four years ago now, and, and on, the, on the hottest day of our hike, it ha happened to be the longest day as well, our longest hike, and I was there with one of my best friends in the world, and we had left behind a, a troubled marriage for him. And at one point, he got ahead of me, and I found him seated under a tree there in the hot sun, seeking shade, and he was in tears. 
And I said, why are you crying, knowing why he was crying? But why are you crying? And he said, it just struck me that I'm going back to something that has to be brand new. That if I'm going to be a new husband in this relationship, if I'm going to be more loving and kind as a, as a father and as a husband, then I have to leave something here. If I actually expect for new life to be birthed, then I have to lay down a part of who I am. I think that's at least a little bit of what Jesus is trying to communicate to the disciples. Greater love hath no one than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now the reality of this is is that if we are to live into this calling and a part of us is to pass away so that something new can be born within us, then we are going to be accompanied on this journey. We're going to meet on this journey grief. It struck me that over the last couple months in the life of Idlewild Presbyterian Church, there has been a great amount of change. There's a new face here as one of your pastors. Some some faces that that are beloved in the life of this church, some souls that have helped shape this community. God has called into new places. And yet here we remain. And we hear that that we are being called into a new season in this Easter tide, called to a new way of doing and being the church together. And what that strikes me that it strikes my heart because it means that we are going to have to allow some things to step to the side so that something new can be birthed. A few weeks ago, we were sitting in staff meeting, and I, I told our staff, I said, you need to start imagining the things in your ministries that do not need to come back as we come out of this pandemic. We are not going back to church as normal. Something new needs to be born. And in order for that to happen, there are things within your ministry units that don't need to come back. Now that's hard. That's hard for the church of Jesus Christ. It's hard for a church like ours. But Jesus seems to be saying, there is a dimension of the new life that I am calling you to, of loving your neighbor, that cannot happen unless you allow some things to pass away. So the gospel challenges us with the question then, what dimension of the way that you move through the world must you lay down? If you are to be a better partner, a better friend, a better advocate, a better ally, a better parent or a better child, what must you lay down? And in our communal life, what must we lay down? I was on a run earlier this week, and it was as if the Spirit was speaking to me as I made my way down the, the green line, the one that leads out from concourse and then turns around and comes back. The Spirit said, if, if you as the church, if we as the church want to be more humble, if that is part of the newness of life that we desire, humility, then we have to die to exceptionalism. If we want to be more courageous, then we have to die to fear. If we want to be more inclusive, then we have to die to that which excludes even some of our most prized traditions. 
If we want to be more generous, then we must die to scarcity. If we want to be more empathetic, then we must die to judgment. If we want to be more trusting, then we must die to suspicion. If we want to be more free, then we must die to that which binds us. Greater love hath no one than to lay down their life for their friends. Jesus tells them this, I believe, earlier in the story because it's going to take them a while to come around to it. It's going to take them a while to understand first the things that must pass away and then to grieve them and then to allow the new thing to be birthed. But here's the gospel truth. Jesus did not die so that you can keep living exactly the same way that you have been living. Jesus did not die so that you could keep parenting the same way you've been parenting, spending money the same way that you've been spending money, doing church the exact same way you've been doing church. Jesus died and was raised to show us that we can die to that which binds us so that we might be raised to something brand new. The gospel tells us that the author of love has a vision for your life and for our life as the church that encourages us, yea, enables us to die to our former selves that God might author love within us in a brand new way, that we might experience love in a brand new way. Beloved, as this Easter tide draws to a conclusion, I am reminded of an important truth that the, the best evidence the best evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ has always been transformed lives. The best evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ has always been transformed lives. And so the question that is on our lips this day that we go from this place with is what is it that we must lay down to be new people? What is it that we must lay down to be a new church? The best evidence that indeed Christ lives will be the transformation of each of our lives and of the body that we call Idlewild Presbyterian Church. So may you this week be the best evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in your marriages, in your parenting, in your, in your work, in your advocacy, and may we be the best evidence of the resurrection of Christ in Midtown Memphis, showing and abiding in the love of Jesus Christ this day and always. Amen.